faithful to you. Let's just give him praise. Father, we do thank you. We do praise you. We do honor you, Father. We're so thankful for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Father, when man messed up so much, you loved us so much that you sent your very best gift, your one and only son, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And we're so grateful for that. Father, we thank you that you are in our midst. You said where two or three are gathered in my name there, I would be in the midst of them. We thank you, Father, but most of all that your anointing is here. Father, we thank you for that anointing this morning. I thank you, Father. Oh, my passe, Eliata, Brandiche, that you shall do what you desire to do in this service, that our hearts shall be open to receive that which you would have brought forth, and we shall give you all the praise and all the glory. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, turn around and tell somebody you're glad they're here. I forgot water. And Anthony, I need a cloth. <clears throat> good morning. So good to see you. Thank you. It's good I'm to so be here. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, good morning, y'all. How are you this morning? How many of you just love mornings? Do you like mornings? How many of you don't love mornings, but you obey God and is here this morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, when my, I don't like mornings, you know, God just has such a sense of humor that he would ask me to do the morning services. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when my alarm clock went off this morning, it was really 530 by my time, though it was 630 here. And it's like, I didn't want to get up. No, it's too early to get up. It's dark outside. <laughs> One more hour, that would be great. <laughs> and so, it doesn't matter what day it is, whether I'm up getting ready to speak or whether I'm getting ready to go to work or whatever, I have to make a confession over my mornings. And this is what I say. As the word says, this is a day that the Lord has made. And, you know, it says, I will rejoice, but I have to put it this way. I choose to rejoice <laughs> and be glad in it. It's so very important to make a confession over your day. Because, you know, when we get up in the morning, we do not actually know what God has planned for that day or what people do, you know, to us that day. So regardless, we're going to rejoice, right? So let's say that together. This is the day that the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Well, it is good to be in Florida where, where it's warm. <clears throat> Always. Most of the time warm. However, I was here, when was it? I'm usually in Florida in January, and I can't remember if it was this January or another January, but it was cold. Yeah, really cold. Yeah, really.
really cold and I didn't bring warm clothes. <laughs> so it was not fun, but we're glad to be here. And, um, you know, some people may wonder, I, when I'm somewhere for the first time, I kind of like to introduce myself so that, you know, you don't sit there and wonder, well, you know, why is she speaking? Why? What is she doing? And da-da-da-da. So I will just tell you, I was raised in a pastor's home. And so, you know, raised in a pastor's home, uh, you live in a glass house. I did not realize the plan that God had for me. That glass house was going to get thinner and thinner and thinner, you know. And so, therefore, uh, because that I, and sometimes, you know, Christians can be the worst. Yeah. They criticize. Uh, they hurt you. And so I found out, even as a young child, that uh, the best thing for me to do as a preacher's kid was to just talk to God. Because first of all, he knew the right answer. And second of all, he wasn't going to criticize you. And he was going to love you in spite of And so my relationship with my Heavenly Father, I had uh, a precious aunt. Thank you. I had a precious aunt that um, it was my dad's sister. He actually had two sisters that uh, were not married, not been married, had no children. So they kind of took on um, uh, me and my siblings uh, as their grandchildren. But for some reason, my Aunt Oma uh, took a really special interest in me. My Aunt Oma loved the Lord. And when she got saved, she said, I'm going to dedicate my entire life to him, and I want to help other, I want to help children. And so she was a praying woman. Uh, and she was a woman who, uh, oh my goodness, uh, she was, uh, her Bible In fact, when she passed, what I wanted was her Bible. I mean, even in her 90s, she she had uh, a Bible, that uh, the Thompson Chain Bible. Pastors usually know what that is, and I'm telling you, she read that every day. She prayed every day. I watched her, and God would answer her prayers. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's not like... She prayed, oh, maybe uh, how some people think that you should pray. But she just kept on bugging God, as I say it, being persistent in her prayers until he answered her. And I love that. And so as a young child, four years of age, she said to me, Lynette, I'm... Come home with me for the weekend. I'm going to teach you the word of God. My parents were very busy and and establishing churches and didn't have a lot of time for me. And she realized that. And so she took me home. Now, she did not teach just one uh, one scripture. She said the first thing that she taught me to memorize as a four-year-old was the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want 
And, you know, she taught me the prayer was the most important thing in my life. And so prayer has always been so precious to me. Prayer was the only thing in my life that was uh, my private thing. And when God began to deal with me um, in this, actually dealt with me in the 70s, and I really didn't yield to him till about 20 years later, that uh, he said, I want you to share your prayer life with others. And I said, but God, that's the only private thing I have. (laughs) And so he said to me, but unless you share your relationship with your heavenly father and how to walk in his divine will, he said, you know, some people will never understand that and live their whole life not realizing how important it is to have a relationship with the heavenly father and to walk in his divine will. And so, as I began, oh, of course, first of all, I began teaching that to our employees and then to our students. And then in 2003, when Brother Hagen passed, the Lord said, now is the time to go to other places. And that was hard for me. And yet, you know, it, I, I am, my mission is not to tell you all the different kinds of prayers. My mission is not to instruct you really in, in the, like I say, in the different kinds of prayer teaching you, but to inspire you to pray. Yes. To inspire you to pray. Because you know what? You can know all the rules just like you can, you know, you can pass, you know all the rules about driving, but until you drive. Yeah you're not going to get very proficient in it. But the more that you drive a vehicle, the more proficient that, that you get in it, the more that you pray with, to the Lord, the more you read your Bible, the more that you're going to get proficient in hearing his word. And so that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. You know, I want to ask you, um, what's the first thing that you do in the morning? You know, I told you what I do. I say, this is the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. But what are some of the things that you do in the morning? Well, we do some things in the natural, right? And everybody has their own ritual. Uh, My first basic ritual is don't talk to me in the morning. (laughs) Don't bother me in the morning. I don't want anybody to talk to me. You just do your thing, honey, and I'll do mine. (laughs) And so after we're working on our 58th year of marriage, you know, you kind of learn each other. And so that's what I do because the morning time is my time to talk to the Lord, first of all, to wake up, but to talk to the Lord to get his instructions for the day. And that's what I do. But you know, in the natural, all of us, every morning, there comes a time that we face the mirror. Oh, that's what I say. We face that mirror. I know you guys are not as vain as us ladies. (laughs) Do you know what always made me mad? 
created creatures. Have you ever noticed? It's like I noticed it in, in um, birds. The male bird is always prettier than the female bird. <laughs> the mallard. The mallard is beautiful. Male mallard is beautiful. And the female mallard is ugly. <laughs> that just made me mad. So that's why us ladies have to kind of, yeah, put on more makeup. Thank God for makeup. <laughs> But, you know, facing the mirror each morning can be an unpleasant experience. And because that mirror, it doesn't compromise. It doesn't cover over the defects that we have. That mirror can see every gray hair, every wrinkle. The better the mirror, yeah, the more flaws. And, you know, as unpleasant as it may be, we realize that if we don't do something about that image that we see in the mirror, the world is going to see that as well. So I kind of say it this way. You know, it takes me about an hour and a half to get the natural look in the morning. (laughs) Some of you will get that later. But, you know, we do what we call, what I like to call a reality check. You know, if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, we have to look at where we are in our relationship with God and where we need to go and where we need to go. So I, I like to say we need to do a spiritual reality check. A spiritual reality check. And so, you know, today as as I am going to be speaking for a while and then we're going to be praying, it's important that you allow the Lord to talk to you. To, you know, tell you what you what you need to improve. And to give you directions. The Lord wants to give us directions every day. But until we become sensitive to understand his voice, we will not accomplish or we will not walk in the peace or the instructions that God desires for us until we become so close to him that we recognize his voice. And you know, our relationship with God, it is a growing relationship. I have, you know, I accepted Christ as a young age. I mean, I... I, we had altars. I've been, I've been going to the altar, I mean, since I was two years of age. And that's been a long, long time ago. <laughs> long time ago, and it's getting longer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fixing to have another birthday. Oh, my goodness. So I just choose the number that I want. So I, I just say I'm going to be 50 again. 
Yeah, for about this 20-something five years, <laughs> I've been 50. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just think 50, you know. But our relationship should grow. Yes. I mean, even as long as I've been a Christian over 70 years, my relationship with my father is still growing. Is still growing. And so it's so important for us to realize that God has assignments for us. God has assignments for us. How many of you believe that we are living in the last days? Did you ever think that things would be as they were are in the United States of America? I'm sure that you're thankful for your governor. He's a very good governor. Yes, he is. I'm thankful for our governor. He's a very good governor. And and we should be thankful for that and we should be praying for those that are in leader leadership. But, you know, Paul told Timothy, he was instructing him about the last days. I'm just going to read this one verse over in 2 Timothy 3.1. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Paul told Timothy, you should also know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Very difficult times. So you know what? We don't have to be distraught about the difficult times that we are encountering. Why do we not have to be distraught? Because we know the word of God. We, yes, we know that we win. We know that we win. And yet, on the other hand, we cannot just sit And just enjoy life, enjoy the promises, enjoy the blessings of God, because that's not what God, all that God intended for us to do. Let's turn over to Daniel 11.32. Daniel 11.32. You know, a vision was given to Daniel about the last days. The days when the end of time was about to come. When there was much sin and darkness upon the earth, and oh my goodness. Yes, we we find that now. Never thought that people would not know who they are. And yet, you know, God has instructions for us as Christians. Daniel 11.32 says it this way, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But this is where I want to get to. But the people that do what? Know their God. Know their God shall be what? Strong. Strong and do what? Exploits. And do exploits. But the people who do know their God. You see, you cannot be strong if you don't know your God. If you don't know your God, there are varying degrees of knowing people, even in the natural. How do you get to know someone? Yeah, you got to spend time with them. You got to hang out with them. 
And the more that you spend time with them, the more that you begin to know them. Right? I mean, in, in looking at, you know, the people that I know here, I have a varying degree of relationship with them, not because I don't desire to have a closer relationship with everybody, but why do I have a closer relationship with some than with others? Because I've spent more time with them. I spent more time with them. Yes. You know, that. I mean, this connection right here, first of all, was drawing me to him because this is Lynette and this is Kenneth. <laughs> How can that ever happen? I mean, I never went to school. All of my school years, I never met somebody that was named Lynette. And spelled the same way. And spelled the same way. Yes. My mother got that off of a perfume bottle in 1945. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So, of course, that connection is there because her name is the same. <laughs> and to marry a Kenneth, oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's funny. I know. But though I know them fairly well, I don't know them as well as I know Anthony. Because why? I've spent time with him day in, day out. I know his good points. I know his negative points. (laughs) I know a lot about him. But I don't know him as well as I know my grandkids. Because I've been with them all of their life. I know that. Blake was a really stubborn child. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I spend more time with my husband of almost 58 years than I do any of them. And so... You know, the more that you spend time with someone, the more you get close to someone, guess what? You start thinking like that person. In fact, Anthony was telling me the other day, he says, you know, when I get up to to instruct in prayer, he said, I just start saying the same words you do. (laughs) He said, I don't mean to, but guess what? Because he's been around me. He's going to say the same thing. The more that we are around and talk to our Heavenly Father, the more that we say the same things that he does. The more that we think like him, the more that we act like him. But guess what? We've got to read the instruction book. Oh, no, no, no. Who likes to read instructions? I know no man is going to raise their hand. They do not like to read instructions. (laughs) I am sure that you are like my husband. He knows how to put something together. He doesn't need instructions. Yeah. In fact, you know, one time years ago, he was putting a swing set uh, together for our kids now, he's very methodical. He's more methodical than I am. 
you know? Uh, we, when we used to be on the road years and years ago with Brother Hagin, it was just us. We were the crusade team. And, and so it was our job, of course, at the, to count the offering. I, I would try to get, uh, I would try to count the offering before he did because he, he, he was just too slow. He had to lay everything out to begin with, you know. <laughs> but, you know, very methodical. He would put out all of the different bolts and stuff that go together. But then, you know, there was the instructions, and he just threw them aside, (laughs) started putting this together. Well, he got it together, but there were still parts. (laughs) (laughs) They've done that. They've done that. Oh, my goodness, on on Christmas Eve night, oh, my Lord. Oh, that's stressful. It was really stressful. (laughs) Yeah, and then to take things apart because they didn't go where they were supposed to go, it took up more time. Guess what? When we don't read the instruction book and we don't go according to God's plan, guess what? We have to take everything apart in our life and put it back together. And put it back together. You know, aren't you thankful, though, that we have a loving God that says, a merciful God that says, okay, I know you, you took a wrong turn, but let me lead you back. And he always does. He always does, but he has plans for us. He said that people that do know their God shall be what? Strong and do what? Exploits. What does exploits mean? Well, I looked it up in the dictionary. It means a bold or daring feat. Woo! A bold or daring feat. Yes. So obviously, in order for us to carry out the bold and daring feat, a feat that God has for us, guess what? We've got to be strong in him. We've got to be strong in him. Now, in the Amplified, I know Amplified is the women's version because it's a detailed version. And men don't like details. I know, I know. I'm sure you're still like my husband when I try to tell him all the details. Just get to the point. Just get to the point. (laughs) But there's there's a little phrase here that I think gives us a little bit more insight. It says, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong. But, but here's what I think we need to get a hold of and shall stand firm and shall stand firm and do exploits for God and shall stand firm. You know, sometimes it's just those few words that God has given to me that helps me in the midst of crisis. God will always prepare you if you'll look to him. If you will look to him. So, God has great exploits for us, but we must be strong in him and we must stand firm. Now, Let's go over to Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah 1.5. I want to read this in the Message Bible. 
talking about God's plans for our life. You know, sometimes people think, oh, well, the only ones that have to really listen to God and his plans are those that are called to the ministry. Absolutely wrong. That is not true. Every one of us, God has plans for. And the reason why that we are often not walking in peace and the reason why that we live a life, a stressful life, is because we're not walking in God's plan and will for our life. He said, I want to read this in the Message Bible. He said, in talking, he was talking about Jeremiah, but God is no respecter of persons, right? So if he said this about Jeremiah, then I am sure that he has said this about us. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Do you realize before you were even born, God knew all about you? God knew all about you. He said, before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. I had holy plans for you. And of course, then he goes on and tells Jeremiah what what plans he had for him. I wish you would have just said what plans he has for us. But guess what? We have to walk by faith. We have to walk by faith. He had holy plans holy plans for you before you were even born. Amen. Amen. Now, I like to say it this way. If he knew you before you were born, he had holy plans for you, then don't you think that God placed within you all the abilities that you need, need needed yes. to carry out the plans yes. that he had for you? He put in all your characteristics, and you wonder, oh, why did he give me this? <laughs> now, some characteristics that we have, we look at them as negatives, and they can be negatives, right? But guess what? There are some things that we look in as negatives that really can be a positive if it's used in the right way. I said about my grandson, Blake, that he was a stubborn child. Well, he probably takes that after me. (laughs) Because my dad told me I was a very stubborn child. Even at two, he said, you know, I don't even know what he was trying to get me to do, but he said, listen, you, I, I realized that you were not going to do it. I have several stubborn grandkids. And I, but guess what? Those things used in the right way can be a positive for you. When the devil tries to tell me that's not going to happen, I get my stubborn on. My youngest grandson, Wesley, um, 
His mom was really frustrated at him when he was about four. He's 18 now, but he was about four. And she said, Wesley, you are so stubborn. And he said, what does stubborn mean? She said, when you make up your mind about something, nothing or no one's going to change it. He looked up at her and he said, yeah, I got a lot of stubborn. I got a lot of stubborn. Well, we can have a lot of stubborn against the enemy. I will tell you, you know what God has, has called me my, and my husband and I to do? If we didn't have stubborn, we would have never made it. We would have never made it. We said, devil, you are not going to destroy us. Devil, you are not going to defeat us. We cannot be defeated and we will not quit. So sometimes you got to get your stubborn on. You got to get your stubborn on. And you know, whatever God has called you to do, whatever he asks you to do, he gives you the ability to do it, but you have to walk in faith. You have to allow him to stretch you. Wow. You know, it's like, I never wanted to do this, what I'm doing right now. And I told God, listen, I am better at writing things than I am with verbal communication. You know, some of us, I mean, we, we do admit what we're, what we're better at. But God said, I've got other plans for you. And so you know what I say to God? I say to them all this all the time. Listen, God, if this is what you want me to do, that's why my book, Hey God, Why Is It Taking So Long? If this is what you want me to do, this is how I pray. I know it seems like a weird way to pray. But prayer, do you realize prayer is just talking to God? Just talking to God. However, you know, however you communicate, it's just talking to God. And I said, okay, God, you know, if this is what you want me to do, Listen, in myself, I'm very boring. And so, therefore, when I stand up here, if, you, if your anointing is not here, it's going to be really bad. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> it's going to be really bad. So if this is the assignment that you want from me, then you better anoint me because all the people are going to go to sleep if you don't. (laughs) I'm serious, really. But God wants to stretch each and every one of us. He wants us to rely on his ability, not our ability. You know, years ago, as I uh, knew I was called to the ministry, I knew, I, I, I knew that I would never be happy unless I was in ministry, but I was comfortable with doing the Martha things, you know? Organizing, hospitality, parties, whatever. I was comfortable with organizing that's what I knew that I could do well. And, you know, I like to do things well. And so as I was finding, going on the journey with God, 
all of a sudden, you know, I was in a place, God, you know, I, uh, what is your plan now? This was right as uh, a little bit when after Rama started in 19, uh, started in 1974. So this is in 1976. God, I, I just don't seem to have a slot right now. I, I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't know the plans that you have for me. When all of a sudden, we were building on the campus, and my husband said to me, honey, uh, we don't have any, any f- a budget for uh, an interior designer, so you're going to have to come, and you're going to have to pick out wallpaper and carpet and pictures and furniture and all of that. Well, when I first began, it's like, okay, just anything, just anything. I just, you know, I just want to do something for God. And, okay, I'll do this, not realizing that that job was going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as we began building for the next 20 years. And all of a sudden, this was way beyond my ability because I never really ever desired to be a designer, a decorator. That was never my desire. And so finally, one day, I said to God, God, listen, this is way beyond my ability. I don't have the ability to do what I'm doing. I said, you know what? Why don't, why don't you let me do what I want to do? I want to organize this place. It really needs organizing because I'm good at that. Why don't you let me do that? I want to do that. And this is what he said to me. That's your problem, Lynette. You want to do what you want to do and not what I've asked you to do. I said, but God, I'm not good at it. He said, I know. (laughs) But he said, listen, what I really have planned for you, there's no way that you can do it in your own ability. And he said, so therefore, I'm teaching you how to listen to my voice. And I will teach you supernaturally how to decorate this place and what to choose so that you will learn to listen to my voice. And I'll lead you, I'll guide you, I'll direct you, I'll equip you for the journey that I have planned for you. And from that moment on in 1976... That's why the prayer is so important to me. That's why every morning I have to get his instructions. Because the journey that God has taken me on, continues to take me on, I can't do it. But I've learned to rest in his ability. It's so important as you walk your journey with God that you learn to listen to his voice. Learn to listen to his instructions. And when you don't know what to do, 
If you won't look to me, when you don't know the decision to make, when you don't know the words to say, if you look to me, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will direct your every path, I will direct your every word, I will direct your every decision, and it shall be well with you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my passe. Italy bring the man. You know what? I think it's time to pray. Let's stand up. Oh, my kate shele. You need to listen to God. I'm a name she quit listening to others and listen to God. Eli e pasheli in Kamanshi Emanoli Gabashi Eli Brigabon Panzeli Gamanshi Eli Gi Pajola Eneli Gi Mananshi Eko Pasola Brangi Bananshi O Libra Gamansala Oh yes, God is going to talk to each and every one of you. Let's listen to this as he does. Hallelujah. Oh yes, I will move up higher. I will move up higher. Hallelujah. I'll set my sights. I'll set my sights above the clouds. Where God does dwell and his glory does prevail. Make this your prayer. I will move up higher. Oh, yes. I will move up higher. Hallelujah. I'll set my Only on him. Only on him. Things on earth will grow strangely dead. I will move higher. I will move higher. Oh, yes. I will move
things on earth will grow strangely dim. Father, this is our prayer, Lord. I will move up higher. Father, in my thoughts and ways, I will move up higher. I set my sights, I set my sights above the clouds where God does where God does dwell and his glory his glory prevails I will I will move up higher Father I will I will move up higher I set my sights I set my sights above the clouds, above the clouds, where God does, where God does dwell, and his glory does prevail. I will, I will move up higher. Oh, yes, I will, I will move up higher. I'll set my sights. I'll set my sights only on you and these things on her will grow strangely Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's God's desire that we move up higher. You may be seated. You may be seated. It's, you know, it's his desire that we move to a place that his voice becomes so very clear. And I will tell you, the more that you instantly obey what he says, the more that he'll talk to you and the clearer that it will become. I I know that I have, um, you know, growing up, grew up in Pentecost, I I saw uh, a lot of real and I saw a lot of flesh. And I, I wanted to make sure that, uh, that I stayed in the real, you know, and not the flesh. And so I, I, I ask God for everything, and, and I say, God, listen, you know, if this is whatever I'm supposed to do, I, I, you know, I ask him for something, and I say, Lord, now give me direction, but I say it this way, God, I need it very strong. I need to hear your voice very loud. Because I've got to know that I know that I know that I know that this is your plan, your will. Because you see, I, knew, I know that if I don't know that I don't know that I don't know for sure... I know that the enemy's going, oh man, the enemy's voice is very strong. And we all know that in the plan that God has for us, it's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy at all. And if you don't know that you know that you know that you know, the enemy will discourage you, will try to destroy you, and you'll not be able to accomplish what God has planned for you. I know that as uh, as we came um, to work for this ministry, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, um, you know, 
we have our own desires, right? My own desires was that, uh, that, that my husband and I would take my dad's church when he passed. That was my desire. But guess what? That wasn't God's desire. But sometimes our desires, our passions can be so strong that we misinterpret them for God's plans and God's passions. So therefore, we, we have to take ourselves out of it. And so I said to God, okay, God, you know, um, my husband says that this is what God has planned for us. And it's a long, long story. Don't want, I don't have time to go into that. But I said, but you know what? I can't not just take his word for it. I need your word. I need your word. Now, you have to be open to hear his word. And you have to be open to how he talks to you because he talks to you in different ways. Sometimes it can be through people. Sometimes it can be through the word. You know, all different ways. Sometimes an impression on the inside, a thought, you know, on the inside. There's many different ways. And so as I was seeking to hear God at that particular moment, which has been, oh my goodness, how long has it been? It's been over 50 years. Anyway, um, don't know how that happens, but it happens really fast. And so at that particular moment, I, I did not know, though I love God and I loved him with my heart, I did not know how to listen to the Spirit of God and to his voice like I do now. But you know what? God doesn't care if you're just open to him. He will show you. He'll get it to you. And so the first thing that I knew to do was just pray because I'd always loved to pray. I always got direction from God when I prayed. I prayed. I heard nothing. In fact, my prayers were really dry. I don't know about you, but I hate dry prayers. It doesn't do any good anyway. Now, I'm one of these stubborn people that I thought, well, that's not working, so i got to try something else. Hey, don't keep on going down the same path if it's not working. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but I am. No, if that's not working, hey, there must be another way. So I said, that's not working. I'm not hearing anything. So what am I going to do now? Well, the next thought that I had is, open your Bible. Never done this before. Never done this since. But my impression was just to open my Bible every night and read what my Bible was opened up to. And as I am doing this, you know, in the um, denomination that I was in, and we need to work. We need to work for God, okay? 
not taking that. We need to volunteer. We need to do all of that. But on the other hand, the concentration was more on works than on faith. And I would read about how that two people, one worked a little bit and one worked a lot, and they both got the same amount of money. I thought, that doesn't make sense. And on the other hand, that's what God did, you know. Everything that I turned to for about a two-week period was about faith. Faith, faith, without works, you know. It's not by works, but it's by faith. Faith, 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 faith. When all of a sudden... I realized, hey, this is what God was calling us to do. What is the commission and the mission of Kenneth Hagin Ministries? Go teach my people faith. When I got a hold of that, there was nothing or no devil in hell that was going to stop the plan that God had for us. You see, I knew that as a couple in ministry, I, because the position that we were in going to at that time, my husband was not going to have any preaching opportunities. I knew my husband. And I knew that if he wasn't preaching, he was going to be hard to live with. And I knew that when the time come that he time came that he was going to get discouraged because you know what we were doing at that moment was not he needed to preach, but there were no opportunities to preach, and I knew that he was going to get discouraged, and I knew that as a helpmate that I was going to help him to not get discouraged. The time came. And I said, honey, this is what God has called us to. And so, whatever he has planned, we're just going to be patient. And oh my goodness, it's a good thing that We were patient, but on the other hand, oh my goodness, what God was preparing us for, for both of us, was far more than we could do in ourselves. Back when my husband was working, he was working for my dad as an associate, and back then, my uh, dad always built. He was always building in addition to the church. You know, he was always a builder. My husband didn't know anything about building, and I'm sure that he wondered. And But you know what? He learned a whole lot about building there, working for my dad for those six years. And I'm sure he wondered, why on earth am I doing this? I don't plan on building a thing. But God had other plans. And after how many buildings, Skylar? 20 buildings! You know? God was preparing him for the future that he had no idea. God is preparing you right now 
for the future that he that he has for you. It is so strong. It's so strong in my heart. And that's why I said, you got, you got to pray. You have to find out yourself the plans that God has for you. Well, I could start preaching again, but I better not. It's time to stop. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you guys just hooked up in prayer. You know what? And you find out. I don't care what time it is when the anointing strikes to pray. You just pray. You just stop and pray. Well, it is offering time. Hallelujah.